Hey there, conductors. If you've ever felt that you're not quite sure what to do next when you're studying a score, maybe you don't even know where to start with a difficult piece. Maybe you study one piece too much and then you realize at the first rehearsal that you don't know another one well enough. Or maybe you're a new conductor and you don't know what score study is. I'm excited to share that I'm finally publishing and sharing my score study checklist. I've been refining this for 12 years now, and I'm so excited to share it. It is going to walk you through my structure, my process to make sure that I learn every score that I need to learn well enough and so that nothing falls through the cracks. So it covers everything that you need to know. There's a link in the show notes. Go ahead and click it, sign up, and you'll get that score study checklist sent right to your email. You'll also get access to an eight-minute video of me explaining what each section is and how I use it to organize all the music that I need to learn. It's only eight minutes, so it's not going to take you a whole hour to learn how to study better, how to put up a process for your score study and how to make sure that nothing is falling through the cracks. So again, click the link in the show notes, and I hope to see you soon. Now, please enjoy this episode of Podium Time. Hi there, and welcome to this mini episode of Podium Time. Last time we talked about your 10,000-mile checkup, how to identify the changes that you're going to want to make in your conducting, and why you've got to be really active in doing that, especially if you are a working conductor who's not in school, who's not doing workshops. So, at the end of the last lesson, we, um, we came up with a list. Basically, you're going to watch a video of yours with a really cl- critical eye and come up with a list of everything that you could fix about your conducting. And you're going to whittle it down to maybe five or ten things um, and then start to make those changes. So today we're talking about how to make those changes. It's been something I've been working on for a while. We all know that feeling of going to a workshop, hearing 15 things to change, then standing up and being embarrassed or upset or frustrated that we're still doing the old things. Well, guess what? It takes a lot longer than an hour or a day to to make a lot of these changes. A lot of what we do is habit-based, and we are focusing on so many damn things while we're conducting. Our body, our the music, we're hearing, we're thinking, everything. So, behavior change is all about breaking things into small things and keeping them visible. The critical things are, well, before we get to that, let's look at our list. So, let's say we've got a list of 5, 10, 15 things. Um, for example, I'll make up a couple of mine. I'm not saying that I do these, but maybe I do. Um... Uh, let's say we're mirroring, and we want to stop mirroring. This is this is a thing that we want to do. The problem that we're fixing is mirroring. We want to change this habit of doing something different or doing nothing with our left hand. So, first thing we need to do is we need to have clarity on what we're changing. What are we trying to say? <laughs> What are we trying to change? Knowing what you're trying to change is really the first critical step, and, you know, that'll really get you most of the way. If you know that you're trying to stop mirroring, and you focus on trying to stop mirroring, that's going to be a whole lot better strategy for stopping mirroring than just hoping that it stops someday. If you set the intention, and this is the one thing you're changing, then let's do that. So let's let's start with a simple example. So if you want to stop mirroring, mirroring, Um, This is a pretty easy one, because there are things you can do in rehearsal and outside of rehearsal 
to make that change. Outside of rehearsal, you can literally just practice not mirroring. You can go through the music with your left hand in your pocket. You're focused, your intention is, I'm not going to mirror for this 5-10 minutes that I'm actually going to physically conduct the music. That'll start to get that into your body. You can record yourself with this too. You can... Um, and then record a rehearsal as well. Even with the intention to stop mirroring, if you record the rehearsal, you're going to see where you start mirroring, and you're going to notice a pattern maybe. I know I start mirroring when I don't know the music as well. I look down, I start mirroring, because I'm not sure what I'm trying to say with my hands. So that's a pretty easy example. And then, once we have clarity on what we're doing and how we're going to fix it, we just have visibility on that goal, on that intention. So you put a sticky note in your score, at the, at, or you or you sit in the car and you tell yourself before rehearsal, I'm not gonna mirror today. Today I'm working on not mirroring. If there's one thing I accomplish in this stupid rehearsal, it is yes, rehearse in the orchestra, but there's the one thing in the back of our mind which is not mirroring. If you do that a couple times, you're gonna stop mirroring. That's just how it works. If you know, if you can come up with other things to do with your hands and your intention is to stop mirroring and you have visibility on that, it's, it's at the front of your mind and you're thinking about it and you're watching it, then you're going to see some change after a while because you're being intentional, you're being focused with that change. Now you'll notice I only picked one thing because it's a lot easier to focus on one thing than two things or three things. Now when we've got our list of five or ten things that we're going to be changing over the next year or couple months before our next 10,000 mile checkup, you're going to want to take those one at a time. You're going to want to break them down and th and, and think what exactly is the goal of this. If it is, um, you know, if it's something a little bit more amorphous, like I'm not always sure how to do these... Um, well, let's think of a better example. Something in interpretation, maybe. Maybe I'm not always sure. I Let's say you find yourself <laughs> regularly in rehearsal not quite knowing how something should sound. You know, that's a little bit more amorphous. That may be a study thing. That may be a, um, a listening thing. In that case you're going to want to be really clear on what it is you're trying to change. Maybe it is coming up with sounds, words. Maybe it is playing with timbres in study and imagining things. Once you lock into what the actual action you're trying to do is, making those changes is a lot different. With mirroring, it's easy. The action is stop mirroring. With um, broadening the palette of the sounds that you want to get in the orchestra, that's a little bit different. So you're going to have to search a little bit more for that. But once you are clear on what the action you're trying to change is, then all you got to do is work on changing that, whether that's an issue in study, whether that's an issue in rehearsal, like speaking too quietly, or um, something simple like um, who's playing, where are they playing, what it is, you know, um, that old adage. So, again clarity on what you're changing, visibility, and then do it. Then it's just practice. We all know how to practice, right? We all know how to, uh, how to hit something over and over again until it sticks. 
and recording is really going to help with these, with these rehearsal ones. But there are a couple other things you can do. I mean, visualization is always a good one. I know some of you just turn the podcast off, but, you know, it's not like you have to sit there for 20 minutes every morning and think about it. Just to really quick, what this teaches your brain to do is that when you get to this moment in real life, when you're in the moment, you may have that little click where you recognize this moment and you've already rehearsed it. Just like practicing. It's just like practicing. And, um, you know, if you're conductors and you're trying to get better, this is, this is one of the really strong ways that you do it. Once you've identified those changes, now you've got to make that change. So when you've got a lot of things, this gets a little bit more intense. We've talked about, you know, if you've got a lot of time, but what if you're at a workshop? Um, this is really usually where if you had a workshop in school, this is where you can be expected to have a lot of small changes in a very quick time. And that becomes a lot more difficult. So what can we do? Well, again, being clear on what those changes are is very, very critical. You can practice those at night. You can think about those. Again, mental rehearsing, you just got to do it a lot faster. I was at a workshop about a year and a half ago um, with Don Schleicher and Larry Ratcliffe. And one of the things they did that um, that was fantastic, and I'm, I'm, anytime I teach a workshop in the future, I'm going to be doing this, is that every student had a note card. And on that note card, both the student and the teacher had clear visibility and clarity on what we were working on. So, if, um, let's say it's mirroring. If you're working on mirroring, you have that written down. Now, the teacher knows that you are working on it, and that you know that you're working on it. And now, you have more chance to work on it. In a workshop environment, everything's happening very quickly. So, having that clarity is number one. I can't, I can't stress that enough. <laughs> anything you want to change, anything you want to achieve, having that clarity is, is really what matters on exactly what you're doing, exactly what you're focusing on. So, in recap, once we've identified the things that we're looking to change in our conducting, because we did our 10,000 mile checkup, now we list those, we prioritize them, if you've got a long span of time, pick one, pick two, practice them outside of rehearsal, and then have visibility on them to practice them inside of rehearsal. I put sticky notes in my scores that have nothing to do with the music, because I know once I get to this section, this is something that I'm trying to fix. Say I'm trying to be more horizontal in this one section. Um, I can put a sticky note. Or, you know, if you really want to write in big red pen on your score, you can. I don't suggest it. But if you put a bright little green sticky note there with some Sharpie on it, and you look at it every time, that's your reminder. And that's how you change those habits. You get that moment between the action. You get that moment before the action where you can make a change. And that's where your, uh, <laughs> that's where your conscious thought finally comes in. And that's how we got to interrupt that flow of habit to put the conscious change in there. So, thanks so much for joining me today. Please reach out if you have any questions. This is a huge topic, and every, every habit that you try to change is different, but they're all going to have that clarity 
visibility, practice, visibility, clarity, all of it. And then watch your videos, see how you've improved, even before your next 10,000 mile checkup. So I'm going to keep this short. Thanks so much for joining us. Reach out if you have any questions, if you want any advice on how to make these changes, if you've got a specific thing that's difficult, and I'll, I'll, I'll help as best I can, and maybe we'll, we'll have another mini-episode. Thanks so much. Thanks so much for joining me for this mini-episode of Podium Time. Just an experiment I'm running through the end of May, so join us here every week on Wednesday for a couple thoughts and just a quick hit on one topic. Please send us an email, reach out on our contact page or social media. Let us know what you think. Let us know anything you'd like us to cover. And we'll see you next time. Thanks so much for listening.